You are listening to a podcast from News Plus Radio. This is Entertainment Weekly. Showbiz. There are eight great films. I want to acknowledge them and thank them for what they did. Gossip and all the latest stories from the world of entertainment. And there's also other technologies and stuff. There's some science fiction aspects to it that I haven't seen yet. Entertainment Weekly, bringing you the best of this week's showbiz news. Welcome everyone on this Sunday, the 5th of October 2014. I'm Sam Duckett and you are listening to Entertainment Weekly. If you're looking to catch up on what's new in showbiz with a weekly digest of only the biggest stories from the world of entertainment, then this is the show for you. We'll be here every Sunday breaking it down for you. On this episode of Entertainment Weekly from Film, the 23rd Golden Rooster and 100 Flowers Film Festival concludes. Washington's Equalizer tops US box office. Al Pacino is honoured as a fellow of the British Film Institute and Omar Epps on the new season of Resurrection. From music, Pink Floyd are set to release their first album in 20 years, marking their return with a thought-provoking album cover. From the world of celebrities, film star George Clooney marries in Venice, Rob Stewart sued after breaking fans' nose, and Beijing Design Week 2014 kicks off. There's all that and much more coming up on today's show, so stick around. You are listening to Entertainment Weekly on CRI's News Plus Radio. The 23rd Golden Rooster and 100 Flowers Film Festival concludes. Chinese actress Zhao Wei has earned herself yet another award, but this time not for her acting. She was given the award for Best Director at the Golden Rooster and 100 Flowers Film Festival for her 2013 box of his hit, So Young. Actor Huang Xiaoming won the Best Actor for his performance in American Dreams in China. Another big name in the festival is Zhang Ziyi, who was given the Best Actress for her leading role in the movie The Grand Master. The film itself also won the Best Film Award. This year's Golden Rooster and 100 Flowers Film Festival, the 23rd of its kind, concluded this weekend in the city of Lanzhou. The equalizer, a thriller starring American actor Denzel Washington, has topped the US and Canadian box office. He didn't take out five pimps. Took out the East Coast hub of the Russian mafia. One day someone does something unspeakable, someone you hardly knew. So you do something about it. In the film, two-time Oscar winner Washington plays a trained killer who comes to the defense of a teen prostitute under the control of Russian gangsters. The movie, based on a 1980s television series, made 35 million US dollars in its opening weekend. Young adult drama The Maze Runner dropped to second place after winning the box office race last weekend, earning $17.5 million at domestic theaters. Quirky animated movie The Box Trolls finished third in its opening weekend, earning just over $17 million. The comedy This Is Where I Leave You took $7 million US dollars, landing in fourth place. And finally, family flick Dolphin Tale 2 settled in the number five slot with $4.8 million. Hollywood legend Al Pacino has been honoured as a fellow of the British Film Institute. The 74-year-old star of the classic film The Godfather said he was overwhelmed when he received the honour at the ceremony in London. 
Industry legends including Orson Welles, Dan Judi Dench and the late Lord Attenborough have received the fellowship in the past. It was awarded by the BFI, Board of Governors and is presented for outstanding achievement in film and television. Pacino, who won an Oscar for the Best Actor in 1993 for his role in Ascent of a Woman, is best known for his performances in the Godfather trilogy, Scarface and Dog Day Afternoon. Omar Epps is on the new season of Resurrection. The series Shroud of Mystery and Endless Unanswered Questions has drawn comparisons to ABC's hit drama Lost. Chi Huiguang has more. Omar Epps says season two of his supernatural series Resurrection will leave audiences with even more unsolved mysteries. You know the stakes are much higher, and you know, you know things are、uh, much more dangerous, much more emotional. You know how these people' relationships going to be affected, how they affected emotionally,、um, and once again, you know, for every answer, you're going to have another two questions. So it's 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 going to be a wild ride. The drama, set in Arcadia, Missouri, follows a town where the dead come back to life. <laughs> hey, tell me something, Jacob. How did you find me? Well, I had a dream about you, and I could feel it. The show has garnered a large international fan base and airs in many countries such as Canada, Spain, Australia, Italy, Singapore, and the United Kingdom. Apps talks about the show's popularity. I mean, that's great. You know,、I'm, it's been awesome, and it, it, to me, it just kind of it proved, you know, at least my initial theory that this this was a concept that totally translate because we're all human beings, and it's like it doesn't matter what our belief is or what we were conditioned to believe. You know, life and death is a real thing that connects us, and we've all dealt with loss as individuals or as families, and so our show sort of gives a person the floor. To explore these big what ifs in an entertaining way. Based on the book *The Returned* by Jason Mott, *Resurrection* also stars Kurtwood Smith, Francis Fisher, and Devon Kelly. It is produced by Brad Pitt's production company Plan B Entertainment. Apps explains. Yeah, well, B, I call him B, you know, because I know him. <laughs> B, me and B, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> no,、uh, it's it's just his company is those guys,、uh, Jeremy Kleiner and, and Sarah Ensberg and and,、uh, and Didi. They, you know, they're smart. You know, they they got a great formula going and obviously successful in film. And, and this is their first foray into television, so you know we're looking to keep rubbing that magic egg. <laughs> you know, keep the good fortune rolling our way. Although the series has been compared to ABC's hit drama Lost, Epps doesn't mind. Yeah, I don't quite get it,、yeah. but I mean, it, cool. I mean, Lost was success, and people had a real reaction. That fan base was rabid. They would like love it one year and then hate it the next, and then love it, you know. <laughs> so I think just engaging, you know, your audience and having a, a core fan base is important. So you know, if people want to compare it to Lost, it's, it's all fine with me. The new season is expected to continue the momentum. Does anybody else know you can do this? Feel other people. Marty, Maggie, and Pastor Tom. I wouldn't tell people about that, Jacob. They might not understand. With season three of TV's Arrow just around the corner, stars Colton Haynes and Emily Bett Rickards are dropping hints about what fans can expect. Lee Ningjing has more. If I only knew how you were spending your nights. 
Based on the DC Comics, Arrow follows billionaire crime fighter Oliver Queen, a secret vigilante who uses a mask, a hoodie, and a bow and arrow in his attempts to stamp out corruption. Colton Haynes, who plays Arrow fan Roy, a street smart thief, says the new season should provide plenty of twists and turns. Asked what he'd like to see unfold for the characters, Haynes says he's already been inventing a few spoilers. We have actually wrote the entire season three of lies that we've created through every interview. Basically,、mm-hmm. I'll say something, and I'm like, "What? I, I didn't know. No one's told me that. I made that up." Lies are, are definitely going to、uh, play a big um, um, part in season three, but betrayal and also the the relationships are going to be amped up and、uh, a lot. Co-star Emily Bat-Ricard, who plays Oliver's tech-savvy friend Felicity, agrees. It's going to be a lot more emotional as opposed to. I mean, we have. A lot of action still, and you're guaranteed death. But,、yeah. um, <laughs> but I think there's the, the, be a lot more emotional and ex- exploration of interacting of the characters that you like. They confirm there'll be plenty more flashbacks to offer more insights into the characters' backstories. You aren't at all what people say about you. Most people fail to see the real me. I told you, I did not come back to Starling City to be the vigilante. And I respect that. I don't. As fans well known, Felicity has a crush on Oliver. The Felicity plotline was unofficially known to fans. So, will his declaration of love in the season two finale lead to a more permanent romance, or will it forever stay part of his ruse to beat his enemy? Haynes and Emily replies. It's really funny. Everyone loves Felicity, and you're like, hmm. I would, it should well, happen I, or it shouldn't I, happen. I, it, I think it's. It should. I mean, we like tortured love. People like to watch tortured love. So I, I don't, don't know if it should happen. I don't think it's ever going to happen because I think it's the. I think it's the thing. You know, it's.、Um, yeah, I mean, it's I the thing people really tune in. Season six. Haynes will also get to unveil a wardrobe change for season three, and Roy will have a superhero costume of his own. Cotton Haynes reviews. We we we. Almost saw one in season two, but、uh, they wanted to give justice, which they should have, to a lot of the characters that were sadly ending.、Um, and、uh, there, there's a, there's a few different possibilities, and it's going to be premiered in a very, very big way. I don't know. Arrow season three debuts in the U.S. on October the eighth, and Arrow season two is available on Blu-ray and DVD now. You don't know in your heart what you're fighting for. Now here's something, folks, that Disney can take real pride in. The Lion King is the top ticket of all time, and Song City has more. With a worldwide gross of over 6.2 billion U.S. dollars, the Lion King stage musical has achieved the most successful box office total of any work in entertainment history. The show took over the top spot from the six billion U.S. dollars earning *The Phantom of the Opera* late this year. The total makes *The Lion King* more valuable than any single Harry Potter film, the blockbuster *Titanic*, or any of the Star Wars movies. By way of comparison, the highest-grossing film in history is *Avatar*, with nearly 2.8 billion U.S. dollars worldwide. The Lion King, which features music by Elton John with lyrics by Tim Rice and the vision of director Julie Tamer, was an adaptation of the animated film when it hit the stage. But it has in many ways overshadowed the film. It tells the story of a young lion cub's coming of age and uses puppetry and dance in ways that haven't been replicated. Director Julie Tamer said, "You do a movie. I don't mean the animated, but let's say you did a realistic movie and haven't done the puppets." 
that's you're going to go to the caves, the savannas, the this. The, you've got to go to all the real locations. But when you do it in the theater, you have to find a way to represent it. So you've got the grasslands. The, the all the dancers are wearing platters, trays of grass, and that's how I create the cinematic. Grass is moving, and you use miniatures. So, what I do in the theater sometimes is highly theatrical cinema. Looking back on the show's beginning, in four downtown rehearsal rooms in May 1997, Tamer says bringing the story to the stage as one of her proudest moments. I think Lion King in New York and South Africa, opening it in Johannesburg、uh, for an audience that. Inspired the music and had never seen that kind of theater before, and they came with their blankets, and it was just the whole thing—the the the joy of doing that. The highest-grossing Broadway show last year, and it's the highest-grossing production so far this year. Despite rival shows in five bigger theaters and musicals like *The Book of Mormon*, often charging hundreds of dollars more per ticket. Part of its longevity is due to its movie tie-in, simple to understand story, family-friendly themes, and the fact that it's a spectacle not dependent on big-name stars. Twenty-two global productions have been seen by more than 75 million people. The Lion King secured the overall box office crown despite Phantom having a big head start. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes is a 2014 American science fiction film directed by Matt Reeves. It is a box office hit and a critical success with excellent visual effects, story, direction, acting, and emotional depth. Liming has more. Apes do not want war. Do not come back. Why launch a reboot of the Planet of the Apes series when the storyline had already been exhausted by filmmakers in the 1970s? Or to put it in another way, why would viewers of our times welcome a remake of the classic science fiction story? The most obvious reason is they didn't have the adequate technique back in those days to present a Planet of the Apes. The crude idea of letting human actors wear a mask to pass as apes can no longer appeal to modern-day viewers. The images in Carton Heston's work may seem too disturbingly eerie and laughable for viewers to consider the film on intellectual or philosophical premises. Caesar, you're on. Who was that? A good man like you. Caesar, love humans more. Nor did they have Andy Serkis. I mean, he had already been born, but it would take yet another couple of decades for him to become the ape guru that he is now. Despite all the credits that the Academy has owed him, Andy continues to amaze the global audience with his semi-anonymous performances. <laughs> Okay, all right. 
The motion capture technique of our days has allowed many actors to take on the forms of other humanoid animals. In the 2014 Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, Toby Cabell presents the smart yet vengeful ape Cobra through excellent body language. But even more challenging is Andy's character Caesar, who has to show a wide range of emotions through subtle facial expressions. I can never forget the hesitation and struggles in Caesar's eyes when he reaches out his hand to Cobra near the end. All regular government functions have been suspended indefinitely. Attention. Due to the extremity of the simian flu crisis, all regular government functions have been suspended indefinitely. For an international blockbuster production to allow for character development and discussions on cross-cultural understanding is a rare thing. It suggests technology is not the only aspect of filmmaking to have improved over the decades. More than 40 years ago, Frenchman Pierre Boulez's story has already been told, and his philosophy broken down and discussed by film critics and movie fans alike. Months before the film was screened in China, its trailers allows whoever is interested to catch a glimpse of its content. Yet still, viewers are mesmerized by every development on screen when they actually sit in the cinemas. The stress of an impending war permeates the entire film and ultimately adds to the charm of Matt Reeves' originality. You know the scary thing about them? They don't need power, lights, heat, nothing. That's the advantage. That's what makes them stronger. If the old guys at the academy were to learn new tricks, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes would certainly have earned Andy Serkis an Oscar. They have failed Andy many times, but as another saying goes, it's never too late to learn. Pink Floyd are set to release their first album in 20 years, marking their return without a thought-provoking album cover. Liu Shanwei has more. In choosing the artwork for what may or may not be their last album, the band held a competition, asking people to submit ideas for the album cover. Among those who submitted works were renowned artist Damien Hirst and Peter Savale's agency. However, in the end, it was a design by an 18-year-old student from Cairo, which caught Aubrey Powell's eye. Powell is the creative director for Pink Floyd and co-founder of the company Hypnosis, who has worked with the band for over 40 years on their previous album designs and stage production. I mean, who could have possibly known that we'd find the Pink Floyd album cover in the Middle East? I mean, it's just bizarre. The winning design came from a young Egyptian digital animation student. It shows a man rowing a boat on clouds. As Powell explains, it was then re-imaged and re-shot. We bought the rights to the picture from him, and then we had to recreate it because it wasn't quite good enough and exactly what we wanted. But the idea, nevertheless, was there. And I'll show it to you. This is the actual album cover here, and it's almost identical to the illustration that Ahmed did. However, this is all digitally done in England,、uh, re-shot in the studio. And as you can see, it's clouds, 
with a young man rowing a boat going into the sunset. And for Endless River, it just seems such an appropriate image. And I don't know whether there's anything related to, you know, going off into the sunset related to Pink Floyd, because this will probably be their last album. The final artwork was projected onto a large 8-meter lit installation in London's South Bank. The same projection was also shown across 10 cities around the world, including New York. Powell further explains the album cover. But there's something very stirring about it, and very magical, and very enigmatic, and that's Pink Floyd. According to a statement released by the band, it is an album of mainly ambient and instrumental music based on the 1993 and 1994 Division Bell sessions. The new record, called The Endless River, is due for release on 10th of November. A major exhibition to celebrate Pink Floyd is also in the planning for next year. Hollywood star George Clooney has married British lawyer Amal Alamuddin during a weekend of lavish celebrations in Venice. The world's most famous bachelor finally broke his vow to remain single in one of the most eagerly anticipated events of the showbiz year. Clooney's agent broke the news to journalists in a brief statement that said, confirmed, they were married Saturday evening in Venice. A host of celebrity guests, including Bono, Matt Damon and Cindy Crawford, descended on Italian cities' canals for the union between Clooney 53 and Alamuddin 36. The pair have been expected to officially wed in a civil ceremony at Venice's 14th century town hall, but it is still unclear if this will take place. Clooney and Alamuddin were engaged in April. Pop star and fashion designer Victoria Beckham has been named as the Goodwill Ambassador for the United Nations Programme on HIV. Executive Director Michael Sidaby appointed the role to Beckham at a press briefing that took place during the annual General Assembly. The decision came after the mother of four returned from a recent trip to South Africa. I have a voice that people will listen to, and I'm taking that responsibility very seriously. This is the beginning of an incredible journey for me. I'm not going to sit here and pretend to know everything right now. I don't. I'm learning. I want to do whatever I can do, you know. I would do anything for my children, and I think every woman out there has the right to health, and every woman has the right to give her children a healthy future. Beckham will focus on working towards ensuring that all children are born free from HIV and that children and women who are living with and affected by HIV have access to medicine and care. Last month, the ex-Spice Girl auctioned off 600 pieces of clothing, including several evening dresses, to raise money and awareness for mothers living with HIV in sub-Saharan Africa. British rocker Rob Stewart is being sued after breaking a man's nose with a football at a concert in L.A. Wake up, Maggie, I think I got something to say to you It's late September and I really should be back at school I know I keep you amused, but I feel I'm... Stuart was performing a showcase at Caesars Palace in October 2012 when he forcefully kicked the ball into the audience and hit an onlooker in the face. Fan Mustafa Kashi is now claiming compensation for his lost wages, his cosmetic surgery bills and his attorney fees following the incident. The 53-year-old electrical engineer claims that 69-year-old Swinger was negligent, careless and reckless in his actions, causing him to be unexpectedly hit in the face with the flying ball. Rob Stewart, who often kicks signed soccer balls out into the crowd during his gigs, reportedly said that his shows wouldn't be the same if he was to stop the tradition. 
that actually brings me to the end of this edition of Entertainment Weekly. But be sure to tune in next week for more fun facts and gab right here on CRI's News Plus Radio. Take care, everyone, and see you next week. Thanks for downloading this edition of the program. To find out more, please go to our website, newsplusradio.cn. We hope you enjoy it.